Welcome to the Heavenly Banquet, where the hungry are filled with good things. What are you hungry for? Today I'm hungry for pancakes and penitential prayers. Chad and I are going to be talking about Lent today, and we are both so excited about this penitential season. It really shouldn't have us so pumped, but uh, it's just the right mood for us and the way that we experience this faith. Uh, so I want to just, let's get right into it, Chad. Uh, what is Lent? Why are you so excited? What's, what, what has, what's jazzy about this? What's going on? It's the most wonderful time of the year, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that was Christmas. My goodness. Okay. No, here we are with Lent. Okay. So uh, <laughs> Lent is the uh, 40 days leading up to Easter, our big, big festival, so much more important for Christians than Christmas is actually, right? right. And um, so, and because whenever you have a big celebration, you're going to have some kind of preparation coming into it. Um, and so that's what Lent is. So 40 days from Easter, but it doesn't include the Sundays. So if you've got your calendar out and you're, how does she get 40 days? Uh, right. Sundays are always little feast days, little Easter. So they don't get to be part technically of this penitential season. Um, so in our first day of Lent, it, we call Ash Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, coming up this March 2nd. Uh, and right before that, we have Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday. Tuesday. Mardi Gras is uh, Fat Tuesdays, a direct translation of that, if you're wondering. Um, so we get we get some of this stuff out of our system, right? We literally are clearing out the uh, fat stuff out of our pantry so we can get ready for a season that would, would have normally been a time of fasting. Um, so clearing out the larder there. But um, and and maybe having a little partying, the kind of partying that we ought maybe not to be doing during Lent. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, so Lent is setting us up for Easter, and it would have also traditionally been. Uh, let me go back a moment. It is a really old observance in the church. Mm -hmm. uh, we have mentions of Lent coming from the uh, early fourth century even. And, uh, you know, if you know your church history, kind of pre-Nicaean, Nicaea, so 325, we know, boy, so much less than we'd like to know about mm -hmm. observations and what folks were into. So the fact that we know and have mentions of Lent around that time means that it clearly predates those um, mentions um, but how how far back, we don't know. But um, Lent then, and still now, known in liturgical traditions as also a time of preparation for baptisms, mm -hmm. for these uh, big celebrations of baptisms around Easter. So connected to uh, the catechumenate, to this preparation for baptism, um, was also a time historically, and this is where we really get that penitential flavor too, is um, was connected to restoring people who had in various ways fallen out of communion to the church. Um, so them walking along with uh, the candidates for baptism um, as far as uh, and these 
normative practices of fasting and prayer, et cetera, uh, to get ready to the for this huge celebration and hopefully a big transition uh, in their lives, in their faith journeys uh, that need that. And then now we all join in with that, yeah. um, which also is an ancient practice, right? So we know from the Didache, this really early Christian uh, document probably before 70, some folks place it, um, but that it wasn't just the candidate for baptism who had to fast, who was called to fast and pray, but those who were uh, sponsoring them, meaning walking with them, um, encouraging them in the faith that um, everyone was joined in that activity. So um, Ash Wednesday, what happens on Ash Wednesday, Chad? Get ashes put on your forehead. You get ashes put on your forehead. That's right. So, and that's at least, uh, again, seems to be an old practice and um, part of this pulling around from um, this penitential flavor of literally talking about sackcloth and ashes. So Mm -hmm. those candidates preparing for baptism, as well as uh, those trying to um, be restored in the, in the church uh, and and then all of us doing that now, and so having this sign then of that. And normally you might hear two things when um, you get those ashes put on your forehead, your priest or pastor or whoever imposes those ashes may likely say, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return, mm-hmm. which is, I love that, I love that. Like you couldn't say like uh, uh, what a uh, send me that on Valentine's Day. <laughs> send me a card that says that. Remember, uh, you're mortal. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly right. So uh, this constant reminder in our faith that like you're gonna die. <laughs> roses, roses are red, violets are blue. I'm gonna die, and so are you. Oh, it's oh, thank you. That's, That's lovely. Oh, yeah, so sweet. Um. But, but what that means for us and our faith means like, okay, it's serious. Get out there. Prepare for your death on both ends, right? Have a good death, meaning you know you've lived a good life and uh, you can let go of some things. It also means this faith is about meeting a death that really doesn't exist and doesn't impede you, right, um, from having union with the Godhead, yeah. right? And maybe to give some scriptural uh, framing to this, Lent, the 40 days of Lent are patterned after Jesus's 40 days of fasting in the wilderness before he begins his public ministry. So that might be another way to think about Lent um, as a time of preparation again, before Easter, but also as a time for personal self-reflection and, and, and spiritual growth in hopes of uh, more productive service the rest of the year. You think? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's important that, that it is mimicking or imitating, imitating is a better word. Um, Jesus is, fasting and prayer in the wilderness before public ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the definite connection with the 40 days. I think we have some other biblical stories with that 40 days. Oh, the too. Wandering around? And I think that, 
Yeah, I'm oh, wandering around. Wait a minute. It was, but I think you still got you got a forty in there, and you're still going to see that Exodus story play out with mm-hmm. the Easter story, right? I mean, there's direct connections with the Passover festival, um, and and we have direct quotes from Jesus too, connecting to that story, right? As Moses lifted up the serpent, so shall, right. shall the Son of Man, right? Um, and also within that story. Of the 40 years wandering in the wilderness, this is um, Moses and the Hebrews after the um, exodus out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Within that story, you have Moses fasting for 40 days before right. receiving the uh, commandments, right? And we have a 40 days story really, really early in the Bible in Genesis with the Noah and the ark, right? And... Uh, I know you're looking at me like, why? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Uh, I think liturgically, you're going to see uh, those stories pop up around um, Easter, and particularly in that time, uh, the 50 days of Easter. Easter isn't just one Sunday. More on that later, y'all. <laughs> uh, but uh, the baptismal um, imagery oh, yeah. around that the deluge. Around the story. The deluge. Um, and this, this use of water there in these important stories use of water important too with the moses story and the exodus story too uh-huh, uh-huh. um but how all of these images are going to come together and particularly in that easter vigil mass where you, where the story of easter actually starts in genesis 1 right mm, i mean it's right. it's amazing they just you just you tell all of salvation history a god that never gives up on us mm. no matter how many times we mess it up but that we keep hitting all these the big ticket numbers of the signs and the promises of god as we as we moving toward easter and all of that just reinforcing god saying i'm not i'm not going to give up on y'all you keep refusing me you keep getting it wrong yeah. That's not going to deter me. I'm going to figure it out. And here right. I go. Yeah. Um, and what a hopeful thing that is. And what a great pattern also that is, I think, of my experience of Lent and trying to get it, trying to get it just a little bit more right every year and, and every opportunity. Yeah. There. Time of growth. What do you think about repentance, Charlotte? <laughs> I want to hear, I I love to hear you talk about it. Cause I mean, this is one of those like triggering words, right? right. It's like repent or burn sort of thing. <laughs> and, and, and one, I mean, yes, right. Yes. <laughs> but that's not a, uh, uh, which also makes me have this jerk reaction to just be like, well, I ain't, I'm doing that because yeah. <laughs> I, because I don't like a religion that is threatening me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I don't, I don't take that well. So this idea instead of repentance as being a change of mind, a change of orientation, um, a turning away from some things so that we are turning toward God. Yeah. Um, I think of it really as a turn um, for me or my maybe experience of it more than even what I might want to say uh, in the realm of academic theology, but this kind of turning toward myself, um, this introspection of taking an honest stock of who I am and what I'm 
doing well, what's what are problems as well, and then um, using that to then reorient myself toward the only source of my help. Mm. Nice. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the caricature of repentance is you're supposed to reflect on what a horrible person you are and then feel really bad about that. <laughs> um, and as you say, which is why we're so excited. <laughs> that's why I love Lent because to uh, feel miserable about myself is no, I mean, so the word repentance comes from a Greek word that means, like you said, to change your mind, to uh, reflect and kind of a change of orientation. And I really think that that's probably a more helpful way to look at it when you're going through Lent. It's, it's not about punishing myself or feeling really bad about myself, but it's trying to reorient myself towards um, Christ and, and the cross. Um, I, I remember I was working with a, a lady who was uh, – wanting to be baptized and it was around Lent. And she said, she said, I kind of understand why I would observe Lent. You know, I'm a new Christian. I need to do some repenting or whatever she says, but I don't understand why everyone is observing Lent. And, uh, that was a great opportunity to, to share with her that, uh, we are not perfect. <laughs> we are growing in grace. Um, and so all of us, uh, you know, no matter how long, uh, we've been following Christ. We need to take time to uh, reflect and um, uh, reassess and recalibrate. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Recalibrate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I love that story. It, it's also brought to mind, you know, connected in this idea, repentance as changing your mind. I think we take for granted how hard that is. Oh, yeah. But that is like the hardest thing to do, right? Have you ever changed someone else's mind or worked toward that? <laughs> that is that is like just a mess, right? And this idea that we are supposed to change our own minds, that's not something we do in an instant, in any <laughs> instant, right? It's it's a Maybe a process and maybe most of it is just knowing, okay, this, this isn't working, this thing that I'm doing or this thing that I'm believing or holding on to uh, needs to be, needs to be gone. But um, we're really asked to rewire our own brains, right? So this is no small task, which when we keep coming back to this idea of it's, Failure is okay. It's not for mm -hmm. us to wallow in, but it's that's it, if nothing else is a sign that we tried, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that we have these opportunities to continue, hopefully, to grow. Um, but that uh, stumbling blocks aren't permanent gates. Um, oh, nice. It's, yeah, it's it's fine, right? And. Um, so this this idea of you know like like this woman you're talking about you know that that we should ever in some way be perfected in this life that is a myth that is not part of <laughs> there there's some there's maybe some deep promises of something like that but an actual experience of mm -hmm. that 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 ain't what this faith is about mm -hmm. uh, this this faith is about uh, reaching toward the good, re constantly reorienting 
toward God. And um, there's going to be ways we get it right and ways we get it wrong. And um, hopefully we get a little closer to doing it better with Mm -hmm. the help of the grace of God, um, the perseverance of the Holy Spirit, and and our friends and the community around us encouraging us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the idea is ultimately it's the Holy Spirit that has to change our hearts. But like you say, we do some of this rewiring ourselves. I think what's called the three pillars of Lent, um, prayer, fasting, and giving. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. These are practices that I, I think in some way are to, are there to kind of help us do some of this rewiring. Um, but yeah, traditionally, Lent, there's what they call the three pillars, and that is your focus uh, is on fasting and prayer and giving or uh, charity, acts of love, acts of service. And of course, that comes out of um, Matthew 6, when Jesus says, you know, when you pray, Go in your room and close the door and pray. And then he says, when you when you fast, don't make yourself look miserable like you're all hungry. And when you give, don't you know tell everybody how wonderful you are for giving. So just that you know, in each one of those, he says, do it in secret. So these are practices that are kind of personal between us and God to help us kind of do the rewiring you're talking about, I think, to turn to help us with that turning or that reorientation. I don't know. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. (laughs) To me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's important, though, this idea that those practices, so these particular acts of charity or these particular um, spiritual practices are ways in which we enact the faith. Uh, in the world or in our personal lives, right? So there are outward expressions of the faith. There's specific, in those cases, specific things that Christ has asked us to do mm-hmm. as well, right? So we're following um, specific commandments. But that those acts of love not only transform the lives of the people um, that we offer them to, right? So mm-hmm. almsgiving, Etc., but that those acts of love are ultimately transforming us, right? Um, love is transformative, um, not only to the to the beloved, to the object of our love, but but to ourselves, and that those are concrete ways that um, not just biblically, but historically, That's right. um, Christians have sought to reorient themselves through love. Through love, through reconnection of of acts of love, because our God is love. It's true. Uh, and so, true story. I mean, I've seen them framed as prayer, as you know, a practice of loving God, fasting, a practice of loving ourselves, and giving a practice of loving others. But I think you're right. I mean, the idea, and for my, and I'll just say for myself, whatever practices I take up during Lent, they're it's always going back to prayer and trying to get, I'm trying to uh, uh, focus my, my prayer, whether it's giving or fasting or whatever I do. Like you say, if I'm fasting and we can talk about that another time specifically, but if I'm fasting, 
You know, when I get a little bit of a hunger pain, I'm like, oh, yeah, why am I doing this? To think about God, Chad, so why don't you do that? And so, you know, it reminds me to pray, or you know, you know what I'm right. saying? Or it reminds me to think of those who don't have food or, you know, so it's, I think I think these things, number one, uh, I th- maybe it's important for Protestants particularly to hear this. We're not trying to, it's not um, salvation by works. We're not. We're not gaining merit mm. by fasting, but we're Aww. trying to make room and redirect our attention. Again, repentance is about redirecting our attention, orienting our lives back to God. So they're tools. That's the way I look at them. Yeah. Uh, fasting also has a direct connection uh, to this idea of your dust and to dust your return, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're denying ourselves in some ways or uh, postponing. Uh, not just a gratification that is really pleasant, these things that we like, but um, this real practices of fasting is also imitating um, the absence of something that we have to have to live, right? Uh, There's a way in which it's a small death. That was a dumb thing to say. I'm going to delete that. What else? What have I missed? What else have we got? I think one of the reasons that I like Lent so much is that I am so bad at spiritual practices <laughs> and to really devote myself to it. And so this is sort of a time of it's like it's like how we look at the new year on the calendar and we're mm-hmm. making resolutions and we're trying to build new habits. And so there's some excitement there of freedom of going, okay, I'm going to, I can try it again. And I have a, a time that's going to intentionally refocus me and reorient me. Uh, and there will be all these reminders yeah. around me to do it. And all these other people that are doing it with me, there actually always are. Right. But this year it's yeah. at, at Lent, it's actually out in the open and in front of me. And that's exciting. The prospect, the prospect that this Lent, I might actually <laughs> be so much more conscious about about these things. And that's that's a, a wonderful opportunity. And mm-hmm. and we're going to talk some about some really uh, specific spiritual practices, uh, our understanding of them, experience of them, where they kind of sort of fit historically in some upcoming episodes. But I also think, I think of you as being somebody who has so much more experience and particularly um, so, so much more commitment to some of the practices that you have adopted. And then Lent is just, is reinforcing these things that you love and bringing them in with some, some deeper meaning and sort of refined purpose uh, here. Um, so look, whether you guys, you got it right and your prayer life is banging, Lent is for you, mm-hmm. right? Or you're like me and, uh, you barely remember you should be saying the Lord's prayer at least once a day. <laughs> um, Lent, Lent is something, a, t- a chance to build on that and to experiment, mm-hmm. to experiment with spiritual practices. Cause it is not a one size fit all situation whatsoever. So if you've 
failed before. You just you haven't found the right ones yet. You That's haven't right. stumbled upon the things that are right for you. So we'll be talking about that soon. When, when we're talking about Lent, you know, take it seriously, whatever disciplines or practices you take up, take those seriously, but always keep the cross and resurrection in the foreground. You know, we're not, we're not going through Lent blind, just flogging ourselves. Well, we're not flogging ourselves at all. Right. But, but there's hope, you know, there's light we're, we're shooting towards. Um, that orientation is, is really Easter in a sense, you know, that reorientation. Yeah. 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 Right. We're, we're also heading toward toward this m- moment or this act of reconciliation, redemption that, uh, you know, we experience as mercy and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And if that's what uh, God has, is, and will bestow on ourselves, then we can also cut ourselves a little bit of slack, right? Yeah. So when you started Lent saying, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and that lasted from Ash Wednesday <laughs> through the first week, that's okay. <laughs> you didn't okay. fail Lent. You can't, you can't fail Lent. Can't we're, fail Lent. You know, we're trying to re- reorient. So Yeah. Please don't, you know, you know, try not to be hard on yourself. God is gracious. God is good. You know, every little effort helps. There's nothing. No, no need to be, you know, I, you know, personally, I have a set practice I stick to and I don't always hold to it, you know, um, but I try not to feel real bad about it because, hey, you know, it's, it's a practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, it's a practice, yeah, it's not a, practice. a perfection. That's right. Yeah, that's so, that's so important. Um, I grew up in a tradition that was a little more oriented towards being perfect. <laughs> I was a, mm. I didn't do very good at that actually. But um <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not funny. No, it's a horrible burden to put on somebody. It is. Put, nobody's nobody is doing well at that. The people who say they are are lying. I mean, it just there's no there's no one who is got it right other than the one who is both God and human. Right. Um and so we're all, even the saints among us are stumbling and um, it takes all of us to help each other, but it's about this honesty or it's just not, it's just not going to work. And that humility, the humility that comes with that, the humility that falls from honesty. um, uh, Which invariably. The humility that actually does imitate Christ. Right. uh, As well. And that's invariably going to spill over in how we treat other people, you know. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. You know, if, if I'm for sure. cognizant of my own failings, of how I've fallen short, uh, then I'm going to be less apt to um, stand over others in, um, in judgment. So, you know, a time of repentance is good for that. Yep. Yeah. I really appreciate Lent because of this this opportunity to, you know, take stock of ourselves mm-hmm. um, too, and to recommit ourselves to spiritual practices. But that this this idea of um, really being honest mm-hmm. um, with with how we're doing um, and relaxing all pretenses. And uh, and in those prayers and meditations and this recalling 
um, to ourselves of saying, okay, this, these things are working. These things aren't these beliefs that I'm holding on to are hurtful. Um, these ideas of myself or these ideas of other people mm. are, are helpful or hurtful, excuse me. Um, but that those opportunities to be honest, honesty is always an act of faith. Um, mm-hmm. because we worship the one whose name is truth, right? So anytime we're reconnected to what is true and we can be honest about it, I, th- I think gets us gets us close in the same way that love does um, be, because of the identity of the one that we worship and we're created by. Mm-hmm.